The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. NFL free agency starts March 18th. Today we get to be general managers, decide where the marquee free agents should go, and that's a lot of responsibility. I'm Adam Azer, but I got three front office execs with me. General Manager Dave Richard. Hello, Mr. General Manager. I like that title, Adam. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. (laughs) Vice President of Player Personnel Heath Cummings is here. Hey, Heath. Is that because I'm a player? No, you're not a... uh, No, you just crush a lot. And Director of Scouting Ben Schrager. Shraggy B, what's up? up? Is this pro scouting or college scouting? All scouting. That's how good you are at your job. You got it all. Yeah, Yeah. it's a lot of responsibility. We consolidated two departments together. All right. We're, we're the gonna... Bengals. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, anyway, we get to decide where Tom Brady's going to go, where Melvin Gordon's going to go. Maybe Amari Cooper. Maybe where he should. Should Amari Cooper just go back to the Cowboys? You know, he got fewer targets per game than Michael Gallup last year. Or would there be a better destination for Amari Cooper? How close was the targets per game for Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper? Because Cooper did have one game where I think he had one target and played like 15% of the snaps. So, And I'm, Cooper, I'm wondering if that is the reason for... I, I, this isn't... Cooper had 119 targets in 16 games. Gallup had 113 targets in 14 games. So any way you slice it, that's a little bit troublesome for, an, for a true number one wide receiver. Right? Yeah, I mean, there were... You can look through, and there was a game against the Jets where he played four. Per, he played like two snaps, basically, and then he played a game against the Patriots where he only got two targets, and he played a game against the Rams where he only got two targets. So he definitely disappeared in three different games. A couple of those due to injury, but now, well, like Amari Cooper is what Amari Cooper is. He's a high end number two wide receiver that's probably going to give you a stretch where he looks like the best receiver in football. And then he's going to disappear at some point as well. That's what he does every single year. No, he's been a top 12 wide receiver in two of his five seasons. He was top 10 in 2019. So how can you just call him a a top tier number two receiver? I think Adam Azer would argue that if you finish number 10 and play 16 games, you are a number two wide receiver. All right. I can look up his his 16 game pace, but I think we just sort of, I mean, his per game pace. I, I think we just sort of established that Cooper played hurt in one game. He also had some really tough matchups. He had the Bills and the Patriots this year. Uh, he had Darius Slay. He had Marshawn Lattimore. His schedule won't be as hard next season in terms of the elite quarterbacks. He faced corners. He faced almost all of them. All right. But as he said, he's it. been inconsistent his whole career. He had four weeks as a top 12 wide receiver this year, four weeks as a top 12 wide receiver last year. So it's, it's nothing new. Amari Cooper is going to have huge upside, and he's going to have dud games. Those four games last year where he was, what'd you say, top 12? Top 12. Were they all with Dallas? In the previous season? Yes. Three of the four were with Dallas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but in prior seasons, he, like, he had multiple elite weeks with the Raiders. Yeah, sure. But he's got... Yeah, okay. Where You know what? I will ask you later where you want to see Amari Cooper end up, because that's what we're doing today. And... I'm an intern who just argued with his vice president of player personnel. That was probably not a good good idea for me. News and notes. The Chargers are expected to franchise tag Hunter Henry. His career 16-game pace is really not that good. 53 catches, 667 yards, 6.6 touchdowns. 667 yards and 6 to 7 touchdowns per 16 games. Not great. Last year, he was the number 10 Tight end on a per-game basis in non-PPR, number eight in PPR. Two questions. One, have we been overrating Hunter Henry? And two, is he better or worse without Phillip Rivers? And here I was thinking Hunter Henry had a good year given all the games he played. He had three games last year in PPR with eight or fewer points uh, when he was actually on the field. 
He needs to have a quarterback that's going to find him. Rivers did a good job of using his tight ends when he was with the Chargers. And I, I think he's going to continue to get a lot of catches and opportunities, provided that that quarterback doesn't forget about him. Well, they've announced uh, this morning that Travis Benjamin's not coming back, so that should free up some targets. No, and like in all like seriousness, it's not it's not really fair to look at a 16 game pace with Hunter Henry when two thirds of his games were played with Antonio Gates, and like three years ago. You look at last year; he played 12 games. He got 55 passes for 652 yards and five touchdowns. If he'd have played a full season, we'd be—I mean, he's—he is a starting fantasy tight end that is still 25 years old and has the upside to take a leap at any moment. Sure, I think his first season, obviously, Antonio Gates was a big factor. The two of them had both had really good years. His second season, Henry had 63 targets. Gates had 52 targets in 16 games. He wasn't really that big of a factor. But I think what really stands out to me, and the reason why I asked the second question about Phillip Rivers, is it better or worse for Henry, the, the running back targets. In two, of, in two of Henry's three seasons, a running back has been second on the team in targets. So I'm wondering if they get a quarterback in there who's not going to throw to Eckler and Gordon as much, maybe that can really elevate Hunter Henry because he's actually his 16-game pace is only 75 targets per season, which actually yeah, makes just, his numbers pretty good when you do it per target. I think the offensive philosophy is still going to be to throw to running backs a lot. Like, it was not so much a situation with the Chargers where Phillip Rivers got in trouble and just dumped it off. They have a lot of designed... Like, that's a big focal point of their offense is putting Austin Eckler in the slot, Melvin yeah. Gordon as a running back, both of them running routes... And they're a huge part of the passing game. So I, I really don't think that will change. And the most likely guy to be their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, I would say for the majority of the season, is Tyrod Taylor. And, and, and you look at his most recent season, LaShawn McCoy led that team in targets. Charles Clay was second in targets. So right. it might just be a really bad thing for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But who were his wide receivers? Um, they had Sammy Watkins team, at one point. It was Kelvin Benjamin... And Zay Jones. The year before, though, we had like Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Well, okay. Sammy Watkins was healthy when LaShawn McCoy led the team in targets? Not that year, no. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I just, I remember you, I'm not going to re bring up that discussion you had with Ben Gretsch. Well, I think like the year before is maybe even a better indicator because he was a better fantasy quarterback that year. Yeah. And he had Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin, and Sammy Watkins on his team. And Charles Clay led the team in targets with 87. Okay. All right. Interesting. Dallas expected a franchise tag, Dak Prescott, so we won't have to talk about him today. He'll be back with the Cowboys. Yanni Kangakwe, the defensive end for the Jaguars, he's going to get the franchise tag. He's not happy about it. He wants out. The Redskins are going to franchise Brandon Scherf, and he's you know, not going to be on the market, but he would have been the best offensive guard on the market. Big news, Dave. Jameis Winston, according to Peter King, not likely to be on the Bucks next year. Tampa Bay expected to move on from Jameis Winston. What's your reaction? My reaction is they must have a plan in place to uh, to find a successor. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they're just going to slam the door on him and say, sorry, we don't want you no matter what the cost. I get them not wanting to franchise him, or, or I would get them saying, listen, Jameis, go out there, see what you can find, if you can find a good deal. Maybe we'll match it. We'll let you know. But it it, it will change. It's not going to change the philosophy of Bruce Arians, but it might change the quality of deep target that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin get. I think we can all agree that there's a ton of quarterbacks who, who can hit short area um, receivers like Godwin. And I think all these quarterbacks, if they have time to throw, they can, they can hit deep targets as well. And that includes Phillip Rivers. That includes Tom Brady. But then you've got to make sure – that the offensive line in Tampa Bay is is in good shape. So things are going to change here. Hopefully it's not going to be for the worse, but Tampa Bay wouldn't wouldn't do this if they didn't have an idea of who their next quarterback would be and maybe they go with somebody safe like a Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe he comes at a at a discount than what Jameis wants and maybe they really do value um you know those turnovers and they say that that's just too much. We can't win with all those turnovers. And they'll go and, and maybe even be just a little bit more conservative than they've been in the past. Yeah, my initial reaction is ugh, because it's just terrible for everyone. Because Jameis is a good fantasy quarterback when he's a starter. And if he's not in Tampa Bay, he may not be a starter week one. And Jameis is better for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as a combo than I think any quarterback they're going to bring into that situation. 
Yeah, could it be good for O.J. Howard? Is that I think we sort of thought it was more of a Bruce Arians thing that Howard struggled. Jameis has targeted his tight ends very uh, yeah, yeah. throughout his career. Right. So I, I don't just, think it will be good for Howard. I don't know what would be good for Maybe a new team would be good for O.J. Howard. And mm-hmm. remember, like we, we do love Jameis for fantasy. He was great for fantasy last year, and he helped us develop Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans has been a stud. But Tampa Bay is going to look at what he's done. He's had one winning season as a starting quarterback for the Bucs in five years. I just wanted to say, Jason Light, their GM, said that he is, quote, more than excited about O.J. Howard this season. What does that mean? I think, he, I think he, more means, than I think he means that O.J. Howard is arguably the most talented tight end in the NFL. What are you going to let that go? We read a scouting report. I, I mean, he is very talented. He is very, very talented. He's I, really good at trying to catch balls behind his back and then popping them in the air. Did you see that catch he made at the Rays game last year? It was amazing. One handed grab? That might have been his best catch. Dude, just just rewind to your breakouts from one year ago, Heath. OJ Howard was one of your breakouts. Okay, you have to own that. I did not write that column. You own that column. Right. Yeah, okay. I thought he was going to be a breakout last year. Okay, good. Because he must be talented then. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. You have to have talent to play professional No one's ever said that OJ Howard's not talented. Uh, you see, you sort of intimate that he is not talented. No, I just intimated that he wasn't more talented than Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and, and Zach Ertz. And stop there. And stop there. All right. So anyway, uh, New England apparently could be interested in Andy Dalton if Tom Brady leaves, yes. according to Ian Rappaport. Ben Shraggy B, how do you feel about yes. Andy Dalton with the Patriots? It's fine. I'm not going to touch him in fantasy. I don't like any of their fantasy options, whether he's there or whether Bridgewater's there. A lot of the options they're going to look at are going to be conservative guys, and they're not going to be attractive for fantasy. But what is Dalton going to do? Why do you love him so much in New England? I just would love for him to get an opportunity to go play with Bill Belichick after spending a decade with the Bengals and really like leading them compared to where they were when he became their starting quarterback. He has a winning record, I believe as the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals or very close to 500. Um, And I still have this hope that they're going to do the franchise and trade thing with AJ green. And you're going to see Andy Dalton and AJ green in new England, both fantasy relevant. That would be exciting. First eight games of 2018 when AJ green was healthy he was on pace for 4,200 yards and 34 touchdowns. It would have been his best season. But that was only a year and a half ago, and that was the last time he had a true number one receiver, which he currently and would not have with like, New England. It would have been his best year, barely. He threw for 42, 93, and 33 touchdowns earlier in his career. Um, yeah. And he does have a winning record, 70 and 61. That's excellent. Now, what if, what if this is Tampa Bay's plan? Just combining the last two news stories that we're talking about here if together. Andy he ends Dalton up in Tampa Bay. is in Tampa Bay. He'll be my favorite sleeper quarterback and ranked uh-huh. in my top 14. Yeah. Maybe 12. Uh, th- this might be the only way we could get excited about Andy Dalton in fantasy. I agree. Tom Brady is in close contact with Antonio Brown, according to ESPN. And Brown played one game last year. He had eight targets. He caught four of them for 56 yards and a touchdown. And then he jumped into the stands very awkwardly in Miami in week two. Did anybody draft Antonio Brown in that startup dynasty we did yesterday? He was he was on the board for a long time. That would be me. Okay. <laughs> I took him with my very last pick, round eighteen. Wow. Okay. I took I took an XFL player before Antonio Brown <laughs> in that draft. <laughs> I I mean Donald I mean, Parham, baby. I just didn't really want to be the one who drafted him. I don't. I think it's much more likely Donald Parham is on a roster week one than Antonio Brown. I, I I would hope one of them makes it for my pretend startup dynasty team that I'm probably never going to look at again after this week. Cool. All right. So uh, we got newsletters for you. Sign up at cbssports.com slash newsletter. Stay up to date with fantasy football content sent straight to your inbox all offseason long. That's news rankings, editorial pieces, prospect profiles, really good way to get you set for the NFL draft, cbssports.com slash newsletter. Before we get into the rest of the free agents, we had a, a leftover question from yesterday. We talked about it an hour into the show. It was part of an email. The best spot to, to pick in a rookie draft. Now, if you're in a rookie draft that's not a snake draft, there's no incentive to draft late. But if you're in a rookie draft that is a snake draft. Heath, what's the most valuable spot in a 12-team 
rookie draft? I don't know of any rookie drafts that are snake drafts. I'm sure someone's going to email now and say that they had one. I still think, and I'm not all the way through evaluating all the rookies. Um, I would like to have a top two pick. Um, I want one like, and it may just be number one. I, I haven't looked enough, but right now I just say I want Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I want one of the top two. I was going to say number three, because I think you've got a good chance of getting almost anybody you want, but you could also, you know, generalize a little bit and say, you're guaranteed one of the top three receivers or one of the top three running backs, or you could say, I'm guaranteed one of the top two wide receivers or the top running back. Cause remember it's the third pick. One of those three will have to be there. Um, but if, if you've got a team that's just like loaded at wide receiver and you're desperate to get Jonathan Taylor, three might not be the pick that works out for you. Does Swift sneak into either of your top threes, not knowing what team at the position or overall? overall? No, not for me. So who is Taylor? Your one Taylor's my one. Yeah. I haven't decided on Dobbins yet, but I would take lamb and Judy ahead of Swift. And I like Taylor and Dobbins are the two guys I've looked at the most. And I, like there needs to be another running back between those two, or I'm going to feel like Taylor's like I'd give up a lot to have 1.1. I think there's a big difference between Taylor and Dobbins. I think it's kind of interesting that the wide receiver depth gets talked up so much and that we want high picks. And you know what? Look, it, maybe it's a snake draft. I think the context of the question yesterday was it, – it's not a snake draft, sorry. But the, the, I think the context of the question yesterday was about trading – and moving back in the draft and you know you move back in the draft but you pick up an asset in return a veteran player or another pick or something like that and so in that case you know where where do you want to be picking in the first round sounds like Dave and Heath want a top three pick Ben how about you I have Swift in my top four and I think he's in that top four tier so that's why I want the top four pick but to your comment about the wide receiver depth there's so much depth that I think I'm going to get a good wide receiver in the second round so I'd rather pick higher in the first round if it is a snake. Yeah, right now if I had one, I just wouldn't trade down. If I had two, I'd probably be okay with sliding to like five or six if I could add significant other picks in the draft. Okay. I think you just look at history though, right? I mean, you have. let's take a look at the running back class from three years ago. You had those big four, right? Fournette, McCaffrey, Mixon, Cook. You, what a crew. Right. It didn't exa- Fournette was the first one off the board. He's the third or fourth most valuable right now. And then you look at last year's wide receivers. And I mean, you basically look at every rookie wide receiver class since the Beckham year. The first round picks don't often do the best. So I don't know in a deeper rookie draft. I'm, I'm surprised that you guys want the first pick that badly, but maybe it's because of what Ben said. Do you feel like you can get a really good player in the second round too? And I guess that makes sense. Uh, all right. So email of the day. Number one, is from Matt. I've been listening to you guys for a couple years. I always thought Heath was contrarian. Never knew what to make of his takes. This offseason, I've started doing my own stats analysis and seeing things from a different angle. All of a sudden, Heath is making a ton of sense. In Heath, we trust. You're number one, Matt. (laughs) Jat. 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 Uh, Email of the day number two from Jeff in Lake Stevens, Washington. Played fantasy football for the first time last year with some coworkers. Won the championship. Been listening to your podcast. I have to ask a couple things. Uh, by the way, this is why I, I put the Heath in Heath We Trust email first, because Heath is so wrong about this next topic. Why the disdain towards kickers? Looking at the season's total points scored, they're responsible for as many points as tight ends in our non-PPR league. So why do a vocal portion of folks want to see them removed from fantasy? And number two, why is PPR so popular? You kind of answered your own question there. You kind of answered your own question. Looking at the season's total points scored, they're responsible for as many points as tight ends. They're kickers. They're people. They're yeah. But referees are people. I don't want referees in my fantasy <laughs> the refs football don't league. Score points though. Kickers score points. Yeah, I don't. I don't like kickers. Do score points. Football would be better if they didn't exist. And oh. fantasy football is a lot better. You when must they love exist. the XFL. So. Uh, The thing that I think about kickers, I I get why you don't like them, Heath, and they are kind of annoying, especially because one week they could get six opportunities to try field goals, and the next week they try two extra points, and that's it. But 
they're kind of an X factor in a fantasy lineup, especially if it's non PPR. Right. And the is problem that a problem? Is, is that want to be an X factor. you don't want that to be an X? You don't want to lose a game because somebody's kicker goes off for thirteen points. One no, week. you don't want to lose a game because somebody's kicker goes off for thirteen. But should the fantasy manager get credit for starting a kicker and and lucking into it a little 95% bit? I think it's a of lucky X factor. Star- it's a luck. That's exactly right. And Chris Towers would argue that luck makes fantasy football better and more accessible to more people. And I want that. So in my leagues, I don't want to have kickers. I'm glad that everybody else uses them so that they can have a more balanced playing field. But kickers to me are not as easy to predict as everything else or predictable at all. And so I would prefer to just uh, have the other positions. It's like playing poker without community cards. You, you just get your cards and whoever wins wins because there's, you know, that that's just the extent well, no, of because I, I don't get you, to you cho- draft your players and that's it. I don't get Who to wins? choose my cards no. i get to choose my players yeah but, totally you, you, but there are some players that you can't choose because other people take them now it's different from cards whereas you're dealt cards obviously it's not the best analogy <laughs> I, admit, I admit that it's not the best analogy but the point is is that there's luck involved in fantasy football just as there is in anything else that isn't you know hard and, and fast and there will rules always and, be luck there's involved. luck in sports there's always going to be luck involved in fantasy football injuries all types of things sure. i just would like to minimize the kicker part of the luck i don't mind them as much you know what i mind them when when they're on by and i don't realize they're on by until 90 minutes before kickoff and i've got to go and i've got to stop what i'm doing to go make how many drop. of the top five kickers can you name from last year Ooh, it's a fun one Will Lutz? Yeah. How many? Lutz. How many mistakes do I get? Lutz, Will kick, Lutz was number two. But right. Lutz is one. Harrison of them. Bucker was top five. Harrison Bucker was number one. Yeah. Now I don't know if this is counting the playoffs because I'm in a different league. So sorry. Did you like me? Oh, to look so it in up, that then? case, it's going to be all kickers from from uh, from playoff teams. Justin no, I Tucker. got gotcha. you. I, I, gotcha. I don't know if he made it last Justin year. Justin Tucker is number three according to this list. Okay. Yep. The next two are. You, I don't think you're going to get the next two. It can't be Robbie Gold because he didn't play all year. It's not Greg Zerline. Zerline didn't play all year. It's not Guskowski because he didn't. I mean, kickers get hurt too often is the problem. Oh, yeah. Last year especially, <laughs> they were crazy. That's what it is. It's too injury-prone a position. Get it out of fantasy. It's Matt Number Gay four and, was Matt Gay. And Zay, yeah. Zane Gonzalez. Number five was Zane Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really know what point you're proving there. So, Dave, your poker analogy. I actually played poker a couple weeks ago for the first time in years. Very fun. You know oh, what? Yeah. I'd love to see you try and have a poker face. No, I, I can. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, <gasps> I do. I, my poker face is great, but I make an audible moan when I get good cards, so that usually gives oh, it away. Um, you know, you know the game Split the Ocean. No. Split the Ocean is like you you throw out one card on the left, you throw out another card on the right, and then you have to choose. The next card is it going to be is it going to be in between the two oh, cards? Oh, we just called that in between, and that is an extremely dangerous game. Very, but it's Very the most fun. dangerous game. It's the most fun game, and it's purely luck. So you have to bet based on whether or not you think the next card that comes out is going to be in between the two cards that are already out. And if you lose, you have to throw in however much you decided to wager. And if you win, you get what's in the pot. And if you hit, if if the next card that comes out is the same as one of the cards that's already been thrown out, you have to double the pot. So it's, it's, it's very fun. Game. It's and very awesome. fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, that's why kickers are fun because random luck is fun. All right, they're the split the ocean of fantasy. <laughs> exactly. All right, the top free agents at quarterback. Who would win a game of poker between the four of us? Dave has a lot more Dave. experience. I would guess the experience goes Dave, me, Ben, you. No, I have more experience than Ben playing poker. Ben does not play poker. I don't know. Ben is the Shraggy B. He's not a poker player. He was a college athlete. He had more fun in like one semester of college than you've had in your entire life. <laughs> but he's not allowed to gamble. He's not allowed, that's 100% true, by the way. I was uh, not allowed to gamble, though. Ever. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, Philip Rivers is going to the Colts, according to yesterday's show. So I guess we can sort of talk about him. But Rivers, Brady, Tannehill, Jameis, Bridgewater, Mariota. We expect Tannehill to be back with the Titans, but this is an amazing free agent crop. So where do you want to see these guys go in general? Well, if Tampa Bay is open, let's make that probably destination 1A and the Chargers 1B. Almost any quarterback, as long as they can understand what Bruce Arians wants them to do, we think they're willing to do it. 
And Tampa Bay promises everybody that they improve their offensive line. Pick, pick Let's one, get Rivers though. there. Rivers would be the guy. I, would, I, I don't want Brady in Tampa Bay. I think that would be really bad. But From, what do we know about Tom Brady? He look, he was behind an uncharacteristically bad offensive line with a yep. terrible running game and no outside wide receiver. So he played one game last year. This is a really tough case to make. But he played one game last year with Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon and Julie, all of his weapons. Similar to what he'd have in Tampa Bay, I guess. And he had like a 130-something passer rating. It was against the Dolphins. But he completed 75% of his passes, almost, for 9.4 yards per attempt. He had 124.7 passer rating. I My point is, like, I don't think you can judge him too harshly on last year when he was actually pretty good for the first eight games. Julian Edelman got hurt at the uh, you know down the stretch. He had nothing. He had nothing last year. I, you know, I don't want to write his numbers off. showed it for sure. His completion rate was down five full points from 2018. His yard per attempt was down one full yard from 2018. He just was not. His numbers were really, really bad. I don't know if those are a byproduct of him as much as it is the byproduct of what was around him. I would not be opposed to Tom Brady being the quarterback of the Bucks. I think he'd be. I think he'd be pretty good for Tampa Bay. I'd be more concerned about Tampa Bay if if they got Brady. They didn't improve their offensive line, and then they somehow found a way to get Jonathan Taylor in the 2020 draft. That could mean that they could be like way more balanced, and Bruce Arians wouldn't air it out unless he absolutely had to. Adam, you've talked about their defense getting better. That would make things a little bit more troublesome for, for fantasy, uh, for those receivers there in fantasy. Because that's what we're thinking about here, right? What does the quarterback in Tampa Bay mean for those two big targets that finishes top 10 guys in fantasy? Brady would be great for Godwin. No I'm question. Just really scared about Evans in the deep ball because Brady didn't have to throw deep this year. But when has Brady thrown deep in recent memory with success? I'm gonna look up something. Uh, yeah, something. there. Who was it? Brandon Lloyd on Evans that had like the uh, the last good outside receiver that the Patriots his had. average intended air yards last year, according to Pro Football Reference, was around seven six. It was, I think it was seven nine the year before that. That's about two and a half, three yards below where Jameis has been the last two years. Jameis um, has one of the elite deep ball receivers in football, though, right? Can we say that? He's had I'm sorry, Evans? Yeah, with Evans. Is, would you say Evans is one of the elite deep ball He's, receivers? Yeah, I yes. mean, I, I can look to try and quantify that with a stat. The first thing I did, you went to pro football reference, Heath. I went to pro football focus. Both Jameis and Brady were top 10 in deep ball passing in 2019. Jameis had a completion rate of 44.4%. Brady had a completion rate of 41.9%. The difference is that Jameis attempted 99 deep balls. Brady had 62. So it's certainly a little bit better looking for Jameis in that regard than Brady, but Brady wasn't horrible in the, in the grand scheme. I'm now going to look at deep passing for wide receivers last year just to see where Evans finished up. And he was 21st among receivers, uh, qualifying receivers as far as deep ball, catch rate, um, he had 11 catchable deep passes. He had three touchdowns. I'm just doing this on the fly. 25 deep ball targets. So he had 11 catchable deep balls on 25 targets. Between 14 of them weren't even catchable. He got nine of them. I would imagine that the quality of target would be better coming from Brady than Jameis. It certainly would be for Godwin. You, you know, know what? I, I think I would really like it if Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay because <laughs> I think Tom Brady can probably throw a better deep ball than Jameis based on just on the fact that Jameis probably had a bunch of deep ball targets. Yeah, I don't think that that's went accurate way over Mike Evans head. Yeah, I don't or I, way out of bounds. <laughs> I, we don't we've not seen Tom Brady consistently attempt deep balls for a half a decade. So but if he's going to be ordered to like, I know I just gave a scenario. Tom Brady's where, where not Tampa going somewhere where he's going to be ordered to do something. Like Tom I, do you not, think a quarterback doesn't want to throw deep? A quarterback doesn't want to take. He doesn't want to hold the ball plays? as long as he needs to hold it to throw deep. I don't think. Sure. So that could be he a problem with the offensive line. But if they, if they do improve the offensive line and they don't go in and splash big at running back, and Brady's the quarterback there, and it's Bruce Arians sticking with the no risk it no biscuit approach, I think I'd be okay with Brady. I think I think he'd be the type of quarterback that I'd look for late on draft day because those targets are so good. And by the way, both of those guys can make plays after the catch. So a quick 10 or 12-yard slant in that Brady hits them for, and we know Brady can do that. Just about every quarterback in this in this free agent class can do that. 
they can make a play after the catch. Right, Brady those, gets those numbers. But those He'll are the routes team that throws the ball a lot. But those are the routes Godwin runs, not the routes that Evans runs. Evans can run those routes if he's asked to. Can I just bring something up real quick? It was only you know, I talked about Brandon Lloyd. That was a really long time ago. 2017. Rob Gronkowski averaged 15.7 yards per catch. Brandon Cooks averaged 16.6 yards per catch. Is Tom Brady really that much worse now than he was in 2017? Maybe the answer is yes. He's hit that age where it's very, very possible. But he goes if he goes to Tampa Bay, he'll have the most talented tight end he's ever thrown to. Uh, <laughs> hey, I just wait for the laughs. Uh, oh it would goodness. be a good situation. Uh, would you, Okay, how about this? If if Philip Rivers goes to Indianapolis and Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, who would you draft first? Rivers. Brady. Brady. Hey. Brady, by the way, was number three in deep ball passing, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2017. Okay. Yeah, Brandon Cooks helps, I guess. And, and I remember Josh Gordon was pretty good in 2018 when Gronkowski was not on the field. So I think... As recently as 2018, he showed that a number that an outside receiver can be good. I don't obviously I don't know what the air yards were or whatever. Back to the quarterbacks, Ben, um, Bridgewater. You know, if we assume that Tannehill is is going back to Tennessee, you got Winston, who's a fantasy prize if he becomes a starter. Bridgewater, who's been, I think, a pretty conservative quarterback, and then Mariota, who's no thank you. Well, what do you think about those guys? I mean, get Bridgewater to the Patriots, allow him to make those short, quick throws that the Patriots love. He did fine filling in for Breeze, making short, quick throws. So I think that's the best fit. That'll help Edelman's value not go completely through the floor. So Bridgewater to Patriots is kind of the one I'm targeting out of that list. Yeah, and I'll send Jameis to the Chargers. That, just because be they great. need a quarterback? Yeah, I just want him to start. The Chargers feel like fair somewhat similar to the I, I don't say fairly similar to the Bucks. Sure. I mean, I don't think we can look at Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and say that they're spitting images of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're they're certainly similar in some ways and different in other ways. Allen is probably the best route runner of the four. I mean the Chargers obviously have a better tight end. <laughs> Chargers have a better tight end. That would help out Jameis Winston. It's uh, it's it's Still a, a rough offensive line. Roster. Jameis is going to have to check down those passes to Austin Eckler and whoever else they have at running back. I think that would probably be a great fit for Winston for fantasy. All right. Jameis goes to the Chargers and he's starting week one. Rivers goes to the Colts. Brady goes to the Bucks. How would you rank them? Jameis. Rivers. Brady. Jameis. Brady. Rivers. Rivers is going to be third for me, but I'd still be intrigued by him in Indianapolis. Top of my head, I think I'm still going to go Brady over Jameis. Would wow. you would you move Keenan Allen in this scenario where Jameis Winston goes to the Chargers? Would you move Keenan Allen ahead of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? No. No. Would you rather have Julian Edelman with a new quarterback or well, I guess that he's really kind of in his own little rankings land because he's well, Keenan the Allen, guy Keenan Allen affected, or Edelman. The one the one guy that's affected the most by all this would be Mike Williams. But we'd want Jameis Winston for him. That would, that, would that would be great. Cool. Yeah. For Mike so, would yeah. you take Mike Williams ahead of Julian Edelman if Edelman's catching Bridgewater balls? <laughs> Not in PPR, <laughs> but probably in none. I think it'd be really close in none. All right, let's go to running back: Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Jordan Howard. It's Tennessee. Tennessee for Henry, right? Tennessee. For all. For all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you with Tennessee. I don't know if we know that they throw the ball to running backs, but Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake, it's obviously obviously been a big part of their success. Would they change their strategy if they didn't have Derrick Henry? Uh, maybe, but you could, you could Henry, obviously we want to see him go back to Tennessee. Is that the same answer for Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake? I want to see Gordon go to the Texans. Right? Yes. They run the ball a ton in the red zone. They're willing to throw to the running backs. Hyde won't be there. Duke Johnson was using the pass game a bit this year. wasn't too effective. I would love Melvin on the Texans. And they don't have a lot of draft capital this year, so they can't really dig into this draft class like the other teams in the league can. They can add Melvin Gordon. I bet he'd come at a at a relatively cheap price. Compared, I, I don't think he'll be one of the top five highest paid running backs this year. This year, who's going for more than him than him besides Henry? 
No, I'm talking about overall. On the oh, okay. I'm yes. not talking about. In, oh, yeah. As far as the free agents, yes, he will be one of the five most expensive running backs. But I don't think. Do you think he gets more than eight million? Guaranteed I think for he this probably year? is. It, he doesn't sign very early if he doesn't. Right. And so Houston can certainly. They they've already taken steps upgrade their offensive line. They did that last year. They can do that again in the draft if they so choose. They can just add Melvin Gordon in free agency. They've got a nice veteran running back that can play three downs, fit right into that offense. Yeah. And they they don't have to give up a draft pick for him like they would have had to back in August or September or October. I think the guy that, for me, that made more sense to Houston, because I don't think Duke Johnson's going anywhere, and Duke Johnson's very good at what he does. I think the guy that makes sense is Jordan Howard. Like he's a better He'd version, be even cheaper, better sure. version of Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller that they've used over the last couple of years in that role. And Howard could come right in and do it. And you don't have to take him off the field if you want to throw it a little bit. Um, so I, I'd like to see Howard go to Houston and probably become someone we're drafting as a number three running back if that happens. I got to tell you though, I think Houston's a terrible destination for running backs. Running backs don't score rushing touchdowns on Houston, and running backs don't really catch passes on Houston. I mean, Duke Johnson had 44 catches. That was okay for him. But Lamar Miller's never been good in PPR. Um, Houston, where have they ranked in rushing touchdowns uh, in the last four years under Bill O'Brien? 29th, 25th, 20th. And last year they were 10th, but Deshaun Watson led the team in rushing touchdowns. Carlos Hyde had 245 carries. He had six touchdowns. They they just they do run the ball a lot, but they inside the 10, they run it with Deshaun Watson. They don't get rushing touchdowns from like. Let me see what Lamar Miller is rushing touchdown. I mean, yeah, Carlos but, Hyde was top fifteen in red zone touches and red zone rushes this year. But you he need just green wasn't zone. a very good red zone running back. I guess, but like I, I don't know. Melvin Gordon is a double digit touchdown guy on the Chargers. That just hasn't happened with Lamar Miller. The three seasons before last year, um, he ranked fourth in rush attempts, fifth in rush yards, and twenty fourth in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to find a situation, assuming that Derrick Henry goes back to Tennessee. Melvin Gordon, I don't think, is going to find a situation that's as good for him as the Chargers was. And if Carlos Hyde's going to have 16 carries inside the 10, then Melvin Gordon's going to get at least that many. And that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so what about Kenyon Drake? Where do you want to see Kenyon Drake go? Right back to the Cardinals. And if not there? (laughs) Ooh, that would be fun. That would be fun. That would definitely be fun. Yeah, anywhere where he's with the with a creative play caller that will use him, you know, twelve times a game as a ball carrier, five times a game as a pass catcher. Arizona and Kansas City, I think Kansas City would do that. Certainly if they're gonna spend up to get him, that would make sense. He would he would see to me, I, I think of Kenyon Drake in, in a place like Houston, and I don't get as excited as I would with Melvin Gordon, because I just think Melvin Gordon is 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 more of a three down back type. And I think the Texans would see him that way compared to Drake. And just get rid of Duke? They could. They can cut him right now and save four million bucks. They owe him nothing in twenty twenty. So I just I think like Duke Johnson has always been better as a pass catcher than Melvin Gordon. So I would just think like that would that's making your team worse. By letting go of, of Duke Johnson. Right. I think they'd let go of Hyde first before Oh yeah. I think he's gone. That. But a Gordon Duke backfield, especially where it's a team where they didn't use Duke as much as we thought they could have or should have. Uh, that would still be good for Melvin, and I just don't know if it would be quite as good for Kenyon Drake. Maybe that's just me looking at Melvin Gordon as a better running back talent overall for 2020 than Drake. Long term, he's not going to be. Drake still has more tread on the tire, but I'm just thinking about 2020. Is there a spot for Jordan Howard that would have you actually excited to draft him? Houston. I think Tampa Bay as well. If he's the top guy anywhere, I'd be interested in drafting him. Yeah, I'm just He's still relatively young. Tampa, Did we talk about his age yet? Tampa Bay was where I, I would have said for Melvin. Oh, that's that the place I'd like Gordon to go. Yes, that would be great. I, I'm worried. I don't want any of these guys to go to Buffalo. Yeah, I could. I feel like Jordan Howard at Buffalo. He just kind of becomes. Oh, a, that's going to happen. A better Frank Gore. Yeah. I, I just right, put the, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and put him in the projections on the Buffalo. <laughs> He's going to score eight touchdowns. Devin Singletary's going to have like 1,200 yards and five scores. And how many carries for Frank Gore inside the ten? A dozen. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be sloppo. Jordan Howard's twenty five, by the way. He'll be twenty six in November. All right, wide receivers. So Amari Cooper, where do you want to see him go? 
I think he's the same in any top 15 passing offense for the most part. So go back to the Cowboys if he wants. Yeah, I, I don't know that it really matters all that much, but I'd like to see him in Dallas because it's good for Dak. Oh, I, do you care? You know, I gave the stats about the targets. Basically the same amount of targets as Michael Gallup. Do you want to see him go to a place where he is the unquestioned number one? And where would that play? Buffalo. No, there's John Brown. No. I, yeah. It, yeah, That'd like, be bad. Philadelphia? Yeah. He, he had 120 targets in 16 games, and one of them he was hurt. Like you give him 150 targets in Buffalo, I'd rather him be in Dallas. Yeah, it was a, it was a, I jumped the gun, jumped the gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Philadelphia makes a lot of sense yeah. since they don't have any receivers that we can we can pencil in as surefire starters to begin 2020. We know that Alshon's hurt. We know that there are Sega Whiteside and Greg Ward just don't really have a, a ton going for them. Cooper could be schemed up. He's a really good route runner when he's on the field, so that's something that could really help them out. He'd be the number one in Philly. It's an offense that I still think wants to throw the ball quite a bit. So I'd be excited if he went there with Carson Wentz. It's a close call for me between there and Dallas. I think I would take Philly over Dallas. Other wide receivers, A.J. Green's going to be with Cincinnati unless the dream scenario for Heath comes true and he goes to New England with Andy Dalton. But Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders... Brashad Perryman, Randall Cobb had a really nice bounce-back season. He averaged 15.1 yards per catch after four straight seasons averaging around 10 yards per catch. So probably not repeatable for Randall Cobb. Then there's like Devin Funchess, Nelson Aguilar, Demarius Thomas. Not guys we're going to get excited about, but maybe Robbie Anderson or Emmanuel Sanders or Brashad Perryman. Uh, you know, what do you think about those guys? Where do you want to see those guys end up? And maybe it's more about the quarterbacks that they go to rather than the wide receivers themselves. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's the only one that I really care. I'm going to care about probably no matter where he goes. But um, I I would be interested to see Robbie Anderson in Indianapolis opposite Ty. I think mm-hmm. he needs to be somewhere where there is a a number one or at least a, a number one A number one B type of situation. I don't I don't want him going somewhere where he's the number one. But yeah, Indianapolis would be interesting. So what about Green Bay? Especially with Rivers. Green Bay would be interesting. Green Bay would be There's very, a lot of places very, very interesting. interesting as long as they don't go sign Austin Hooper too. I don't think I want him there with Hooper and Adams. And that's been, been a lot of talk about that. Um, and then like Philadelphia. If Deshaun Jackson's not coming back. Yeah, Philadelphia seems like a good spot if you know, there's room for a number one wide receiver. Are you concerned? Are you keeping your eye on Devontae Adams? You know, could an impactful signing or an early draft pick, more like a free agent signing, I, I would think. Uh, and then and throw in a tight end. Like, do you think Devontae Adams right now has a lot to lose in the offseason? I don't. I wouldn't use the term "lot." I would say a little. He could lose a little bit if they if they make a big splash in free agency. And we're talking huge. We're talking Austin Hooper and maybe. A, I don't know if Robbie Anderson would qualify. Amari Cooper, if he ended up. Why, there. Could you imagine? Like that would be ridiculous, and Green Bay would probably be the odds-on favorite to win the NFC, and then like have Aaron Rodgers as the passing yards leader for 2020 if all that happened. And yes, a situation like that would be very bad for Devonte Adams. But Adams has done a good job being that number one guy. He did it last year. I, they're going to do something to add there. I would imagine that they do it through the draft again the, and not in free agency, and that'll keep his value nice and nice and high. I think the key word was and. I'm okay with Robbie Anderson. I'm okay with Austin Hooper. I'm okay with Judy or uh, the, the whatever rookie wide receiver they want. I'm not okay with two of those. Right. It, it, it like right the magical, you know, dream team type like scenario. Even Hooper Robbie, I don't think is good for Adams. That's just a little bit bad for him. I don't think it's that bad. That, there's a big difference between Robbie Anderson and any receiver they had on that team last year, and there's a big difference between Austin Hooper and Jimmy Graham. How big is the step up from Marquez Valdez-Scantling to Robbie Anderson? And I know that might sound like silly 17 Marquez Valdez-Scantlings. I was going to say, like, maybe two steps up. Not not 17. I think it's enormous. Because Robbie 17 Anderson's a good times wide zero is still zero, right? <laughs> uh, Brashad Perryman, his last five games, he had 70 or more yards in all five yeah. games. He's... His 16-game pace based on those five games, 80 catches, <laughs> 1,619 yards, and 16 touchdowns uh, in a, on 118 targets. He, he was awesome. He was a fantasy league winner, that's for sure. Is there any scenario where you see yourself drafting Prashad Perryman? You know, he could end up being the 
second place prize for people who miss out on Robbie Anderson because he's fast. He's not, I don't think he's got as good of hands and I'm not so sure about the route running, but he's a big dude. He made some great plays last year. Um, Talk about playing to try and and boost your stock and in free agency. Perryman did exactly that. Yeah, there's, there's probably some destinations where he could go where he could have a nice role. Buffalo. Probably get Look, man, Just Buffalo, <laughs> they're probably looking for another Come receiver on. like that to try and stretch the field. Maybe but I don't big. think I, I don't think there's if I rack my brain, there's probably a couple places where you can go and I'd say, yeah, maybe with a late round pick. But that's we could make a list of probably about 10 teams where that would work for Perriman. Put him in Kansas City with Mecole and Tyreek and he's a best ball hero, but he's not somebody I'm going to draft. How about Baltimore? He was there already. I know. Bring him back. Yeah, I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no. I know. I'd rather have Willie They should be shopping, though, for, for a receiver. They could, they, well, well they, it depends on how they Sanders feel about could be good there. As an upgrade over Willie Snead? Robbie, Robbie would be great there. As an upgrade over Miles Boykin? Yeah, if they don't like what they got out of Miles Boykin, then yeah, Robbie could be really, really special there. Tight ends. Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's going to stay with the Chargers. Eric Ebron, Jordan Reed, these are free agents. So it's really Hooper, Ebron, and Reed that we're looking at here. It's really Hooper. Why? What do you think about Ebron? Well, you mean you're just not interested in the other guys? I don't I don't think that Ebron's going to get an, an opportunity like he had in Indianapolis because he, he kind of botched that opportunity last year. And Reed, I hope he gets an opportunity, but I think teams are going to be very nervous about trusting in him, knowing what his injury history is. Yeah. So, and that this... So Ebron's not a sure thing by any stretch. Reed's got the injury track record. Henry's getting franchised. And Austin Hooper's going to be able to hit the road. Like, and, and it's a draft class, Adam, that doesn't have a lot of great tight ends in it. So Austin Hooper's going to get It's eight. a good good time to be Austin Hooper. It's a I, great time to be Austin Hooper. I'd like to see Ebron or Reed replacing Hooper. Yeah, like if Ebron lands in Atlanta, then we're drafting Eric Ebron again. The funny thing is, like, I want Ebron to be with Philip Rivers with in Indianapolis. It's not going to happen. I'd like Austin Hooper to be with Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. So, Ben, do you want Austin Hooper to go to Green Bay? How do you? It's been in the last ten years. Green Bay has had a good fantasy tight end twice: 2011, Jermichael Finley; 2015, Richard Rodgers was a top twelve tight end. He had eight touchdown catches. Uh, what you know? It's personnel as part of it. But do you want Austin Hooper on Green Bay? I'm fine with him on Green Bay. I'd rather him go somewhere like New England, where whoever's the New England quarterback is going to target their tight end a lot. I'd rather him go to Jacksonville. I just don't. The Aaron Rodgers to tight ends has not been a thing for a very long time. And even with Jermichael Finley, it was for one or two years. I'm a little scared of it, but it's still Austin Hooper. He's still a top seven, top eight tight end if he goes to Green Bay. But I'm not in love with the fit there. I I wouldn't be scared of of that because Hooper... I think is more receiver than blocker. So if you think of him more as a number two wide receiver for Green Bay, again, there's no scenario where Amari Cooper's with him or Robbie Anderson's with him and they draft a rookie, you know. I, I think that Austin Hooper would be very good there. I think Hooper will be good almost anywhere he goes. Um, I, I think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy tight end anywhere. But if he's in Green Bay, I'm going to be pretty excited about him there because I think he's going to benefit from Devontae Adams drawing some coverage away. I think they're going to be smart scheming him up. The biggest concern would be whether or not they're just going to keep running the ball like they have been. And you heard Matt, Matt LaFleur talk about it at the Combine, how he wants to you know, keep getting running backs. He thinks you need three of them to make it through a season. It's kind of uh, frustrating if you're an Aaron Jones stockholder in Dynasty. And it, it could cost Hooper some targets, but I still think he's got plenty of good upside there. I mean, listen, he put up great numbers in Atlanta with Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Devontae Freeman. But Matt Ryan, top three in red zone attempts, top three in passing touchdowns this year. He's always throwing in the red zone. That scares me a little bit. Would you rather have Henry if he returns to the Chargers or Hooper on the Packers? I think I'd rather have Hooper on the Packers, but I think they're both going to be that second tier of tight end. Agreed. Well, we kind of skipped over one of the most marquee free agents, guy who's been elite at his position for several years now. So, Heath, let me throw this at you. Where do you want to see Greg Zerline end up? He's an unrestricted free agent. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, there For the record, Heath is kind of smiling. That's kind of a smile on his face okay. right now. That's all, that's all so I, I think he for. appreciates what, what what you're doing. He sees what you're doing here. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for today's show. I can't wait to talk to Ben Gretsch so I can talk to him about Omni Fantasy. On Thursday, we're going to start looking at Team Needs. Team Needs. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to some beat writers as we get into our team needs. We'll read your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. If you have any questions that you want to leave via Apple Podcast, we'll start reading those as well. And, of course, we'll have that XFL episode for you later in the week. Thanks, guys. Good good day at the office. Go out and uh, get some lunch. What are we having for lunch, Dave? Uh, pizza. Pizza sounds good. Pizza sounds good. I had that for lunch yesterday. And I'll for, do a calzone today. For the... <laughs> For those of you, I had flatbread, which is basically pizza last night for dinner. For those of you who are at home still listening at the 50-minute mark, how do you feel about cauliflower rice? I don't like it at all. And I I know Heath and Ben do like it. Dave? You can't have it by itself. No, I didn't have it by itself. It was bad. I was just like, give me actual rice. You got you got to put stuff on it. Make a little stir fry out I, of it. I would Absolutely. be interested in what percentage of our listeners make an E sound when they say cauliflower. Um, <laughs> that, that would be an interesting poll as well. I was very happy to see Will Brinson, Adam, uh, yesterday say that he is not going to have time to put his son's basketball goal together. But, you know, basketball who hoop. says a, a basketball goal? That was so weird. I mean, he has to put the hoop on the goal. <laughs> but Very strange. Well, that's, uh, that's it for our strange show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're back Thursday with some team needs. And uh, thanks for listening. See ya. Oh, Dave. Nah, 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 nah. Dave, no? Nah, 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 nah. nah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.